1: Overcoming those challenges and persevering can greatly empower you on your breastfeeding journey. Today, you'll hear from a mom who has experienced the tragedy of losing a child shortly after birth. Despite her grief, Miriam Valdez continued to breastfeed her older toddler until she was weaned. This
0: is The Boob Group
1: Welcome to the Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online, on the go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Leilani Wild. I'm also an IBCLC and owner of Leilani's Lactation and Doula Services. If you love the Boob Group as much as we do, then please tell your friends about us so we can help them on their breastfeeding journey as well. If you haven't already, checked out our free apps, including our new network app, where you can access all the new mommy media shows on the go. Now Sunny is going to tell us how you can get involved with the show.
0: Hi, everybody. Uh, we love listening listening to our listeners. <laughs> we love hearing from our listeners. And uh, there, we have some segments that you guys might like to participate in. There's a couple that I'll mention now. And all this information is available on our website at newmommymedia.com. So there's two segments that I'm going to talk about. Um, the first is all about uh, different apps that help you breastfeed, that help you um, like track pumping schedules and how much you pump for your baby. Let us know which apps that you guys have liked in the past because we're looking looking for different apps to talk about on the show. Um, of course, the Boob Group has their own apps. New Mummy Media has our own apps. So we're all about providing you guys with the best content on the go. And so um, we'd love to talk about apps because, again, we're all on the go uh, parents, very busy, and apps can help us out a lot. So if you have any ideas, uh, you can submit those. The other thing is we just want to hear from you guys um, on what ideas you have. Perhaps it's, it's episode ideas, different topics you want to hear about in the future. Perhaps you just want to comment on how an episode uh, you know, helped you get through a personal experience, or you just want to make suggestions for our show, we are all ears. So it's kind of like our, our boob group mailbag, if you will. You can submit for those uh, segments in a couple different ways. You can go to our website at newmommymedia.com, go to the contact link, and you can send us an email. And you can also call us on our voicemail and leave us a message. That number is 619 866 4775. And then that way you can actually, um, you know, use your own voice, leave the message that way way and we can just take that little snippet that you left for us and insert it into a future episode so everyone can actually hear your voice. And uh, those are a couple different options, but again, everything's on the website at newmommymedia.com. <coughs> Sound familiar? <coughs> if your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, It was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. So here's a question from one of
1: our listeners. This is from Melissa and this is what she wrote. Hi, I have a question. My two month old prefers my right side over my left and my left seems slow compared to my right. When I put her on my left side first, she screams, so she nurses on the right only, and then I put for about five minutes and then I put her back on the left and then she seems to nurse fine for a minute or two and then starts smiling and then won't nurse at all. The only time she won't cry is when the left side is
2: super full, please help.
3: This is Dawn Kersela, and I am an IBCLC and RN at Brattleboro Memorial Hospital in Brattleboro, Vermont. Melissa, I'm really glad to answer your question for you. And this sounds more like a management problem than anything else, but it also sounds like your baby has figured out the solution and is managing just fine. Most babies do have a side preference for breasts. We tend to think it's an anatomy preference, but most often it's actually a flow preference. Interestingly, some babies prefer fast flow and some babies prefer slow slow flow. And the other really fascinating thing is that most of us make more milk on the right side. And I'm guessing since your baby prefers the right side that your baby likes fast flow. And the reason that your baby is happy when you go second uh, to the left side is that it's just fine once you've had a letdown because, you know, we have letdowns on both sides. So if you have a a letdown on the right, you're also having a letdown on the left. So when your baby goes there for dessert, the flow is faster. And so... I think that you're doing exactly the right thing by starting on the right side and letting the baby have dessert on the left. And if that baby is smiling when uh, they're done on the left side, it means that that little bit of Ben and Jerry's at the very end was exactly what they needed and it finished the, the Feed off very nicely. Now if your baby wasn't gaining weight well we might worry more about this but under the circumstances I think that if you uh, continue to do exactly what you're doing and don't be afraid to start on the left side when it feels full because then again your flow is going to be a little faster on that side. So, so um, do exactly what you've been doing, follow your baby's lead, follow your body's lead and it's no wonder that baby is smiling. Happy nursing!
1: Today on the Boob Group, we're continuing our ongoing series featuring moms who have overcome major hurdles to breastfeed their babies. Miriam Valdez is a mother of three children. Miriam suffered the loss of her second child, who was only one month old. Miriam helped keep her child alive that first month by providing colostrum and breast milk, and she also continued to breastfeed her older toddler. Thank you for joining us, Miriam.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Um, I never viewed myself as a success story, so this <laughs> is completely <computing you. laughs> new. Welcome to our show. Just for
1: the audience, can you tell us where you're from? I know that they're going to pick up on your on your accent.
2: I was born and raised in Germany and uh, have since traveled with my husband across the world. Wonderful, thank you.
1: Miriam, how old was Florentina, um, your first child, when you gave birth to Lucia, your second? Florentina was um, about 26 months.
2: 26 months. Yeah.
1: So were you still breastfeeding uh, Florentina?
2: Yes. She has always been an avid nurser. We overcame um, some struggles at the beginning with latch issues, and uh, um, she had also some uh, anatomical issues going on. Um, Yeah, so she was not going to give up easily. Okay. (laughs) The doctor cautioned again, but um, as it is with... uh, military doctors to switch frequently. So the next one was on board with us continuing in nursing during pregnancy and oh.
1: it went well. Okay, good, good. I know that sometimes there are doctors that don't um, always agree with tandem breastfeeding or breastfeeding during pregnancy because they're concerned that it could cause some complications. Is that what your first doctor had?
2: Yes, she uh, p- pretty much threatened me. She threatened this I'm gonna have a miscarriage and I need to stop straight away. And that was just not an option for us. Um, yeah, but the next doctor, she, he, he just said, yeah, it's fine. And he was also the doctor that delivered Lucia. So yeah, we, we had a report with him. Awesome, that's wonderful. How did
1: your breastfeeding relationship change as you neared the birth of Lucia?
2: Well, um, like uh, it, is, it, it happens with um, toddlers that nurse during pregnancy, once the milk changes to colostrum, they usually uh, switch to comfort nursing, or they even try to, uh, you know, they make it up with food or um, drinking water. I mean, she was already um, two years old, so that was, she did not have the need, the nutritional need for breast milk. So I think it was more comfort measure for her, and she kept that. She always nursed for nap time and for um, night time. And even sometimes at night, but it's significantly uh, significantly shortened.
1: And and how far along into your pregnancy did that change? When when was
2: that that you noticed that your milk turned to colostrum? Um. I want to say it was it was definitely in the second trimester but I, I can't really say exactly because I never really saw my milk. You just did you see the difference in the changes of your feeding your
1: baby be- yes. baby's be- it just, behavior? Yes, just
2: she just stopped um feeding as long like in the evening she would latch for maybe a minute and then she would just turn over and fall asleep which was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone got more sleep, good. Yeah. So can you uh, briefly tell us what happened
1: at the birth of Lucia?
2: I had a, um, it was a series of misfortunate events, and I had a uterine rupture, which resulted in a really emergency Um, C-section. Nobody was in scrubs. (laughs) It was really field conditions, as my doctor later said. Um, uh, Lucia was transported to the nearest hospital in Japan that had a NICU available. The hospital that did the C-section, it did not have any um, really critical condition. Measures. Really, we later found out that um, she was not sufficiently ventilated, and since we don't know what damages she already had, which sh- she had a um, major brain damage, and um, so yeah, that what led, That's what led to that. Um, she was not able to breastfeed or latch or even cry from as a baby the, from the very beginning. Oh, i sorry. Were you able to?
1: Um, they were feeding her some in some way, is that correct, with a feeding
0: tube?
2: Yeah, after maybe two days, it's really hard for me to remember because I was heavy, heavily medicated. Luckily, they let me go see her fairly soon. Um, but uh, they told me, and first of all, there was a language barrier because it was a Japanese hospital. So some nurses spoke some English, and then they told us that they were feeding her. And I was surprised because... I just had learned that she was out of critical condition, and feeding her did not occur to me. I was still nursing my tos- toddler. She, by the way, went right back to nursing. <laughs> the separation um, caused some trauma to her, too. Uh, Florentina, she really sought um, to be near me all the time. It was hard to leaving her behind to go to the hospital and see Lucia. Um, but yes, she really took back to a newborn nursing schedule. So it did not occur to me to... Um, provide milk for Lucy because she was um, she had IV nutrition, and uh, I, I pumped because I was engorged at home and I just put it in the freezer, but that step to bringing it to the hospital without being prompted, that did not occur to me at that moment.
1: Did they um, at some point tell you you could, or is it your intuition or someone
2: actually told you that you could bring that breast milk? Um, I was provided a breast pump at the hospital at the base hospital. They before the um they released me, they uh, just gave me a pump. It was not even a hospital grade pump because they were all loaned out. It was very useful. I'm very grateful. And although it's um not a uh, it's only a single user pump, um, so that was already something that I learned later on. But And I also was cautioned that they're not supposed to lend me that pump, but that was the only thing they had. So we made do. Right. (laughs) That's what we do. We made do. Yeah. So I used that, but maybe only once or twice. So um, once in the hospital, when they told us that they started feeding her, the next day, we brought in uh, the pump milk that I have. And that's that's when they started feeding Lucia with the breast milk. It was not a large amount, she had a feeding tube, so they tried really, it was starter feeds, one milliliter and then they opted to two milliliters when that went well. Um, What I found really interesting was that the milk was organized in little boxes in the freezer and every mom that had a baby in the NICU had their own box. And all the contents later when Lucy was transferred to the NICU in Okinawa, that The contents of that box went into a cooler, went onto the plane, into the next hospital, without me even knowing. The nurse just told us, oh, yeah, and all your milk came with her. And I thought it was very nice that they were looking out for the mom and baby at that point. That's beautiful. Right.
1: We know that, you know, breast milk is made specifically and designed specifically for each baby, correct? Yes. And you are actually breastfeeding now two babies, providing milk (laughs) for both babies. So... Because you, because you had your toddler, you were able to support your supply I- in regards to creating enough without having to go through all the pumping that you were. Um, yes, probably going to need to. Yes, do. Yes,
2: I think Florentina saved uh, my supply. If if that would have happened with the first baby, you know, I I just imagine now I would have had a lot of issues with my milk coming in and establishing a supply, but. There was a pump schedule, and there was somebody taking the milk from my breast. So I never had any issues. I would just pump so I could give something. It was an excess.
1: When we come back, we will discuss with Miriam the different obstacles she went through and how they might be similar to other breastfeeding moms and babies. We will be right back.
3: Thank you.
1: Welcome back to the show. We are here with Miriam Valdez who's sharing her amazing breastfeeding story. We're always looking for moms to share their breastfeeding stories and Sunny can explain more about that.
0: Yeah so if you guys go to our website at newmommymedia.com if you go to uh, the section for the boob group there's a banner up there and it says you know share your breastfeeding story or you can also um, recommend someone or nominate someone's breastfeeding story if you know someone who has just an amazing story to tell. It could be an isolated incident. It could be you know just someone's Overall breastfeeding experience and what they had to overcome. Um, We want to hear those stories because we want to do more episodes. You know where we highlight different stories out there just to empower women out there um, who are breastfeeding and pumping for their babies. So if you want to nominate someone, go to the website, click on that banner. And what's really great too is if um, if we select the story, the person you know comes on the show. They kind of get their own episode, and then our friends at Rumina Nursing Wear are also going to provide them with some nice breastfeeding apparel. And so, um, yeah, please go ahead and nominate. It'll be up there for a while, and we hope to hear from you guys soon.
1: Because you were separated at birth with Lucia, um, did they provide a pump for you to protect your milk supply?
2: Yes. Um, I'm not sure why, but um, I heard that the doctors were working at, um, on Lucia, and um, I did not want to go see her at that point. I also, I'm not sure why I didn't want to go see her. I just thought, you know, let the doctors do the work and then she's going to get better and then I see her. Um, yeah, so she didn't get better. She was then transferred. But yes, the next morning a lactation counselor came and um, she brought me a pump. It was not the hospital occurring pump, but I was happy, you know, with what I had because I was not prepared for a pumping incident. It was an easy pregnancy with no complications, and we did not expect this at all. So besides pumping, how
1: else did you protect your milk supply?
2: Well, since my toddler is still um, frequently nursed, um, I think she did most of the work. Yeah, And it also helped me a little bit because I had something to hold. I was holding her, and, um, yeah, it just it helped me to, to have something there. And I could still do what I was supposed to do, and... Although I didn't have to pay with that, I needed.
1: Yeah, I know this is difficult. It's, it's hard to go through this, um, but your story is going to help help other moms in your situation if they ever have to face this, knowing that. You know, for you, you did have your older child that you were able to continue breastfeeding, and and in turn, your baby actually helped. You recover and and supports you through some of this difficult time through the breastfeeding relationship. Huh?
2: Yes, definitely. I mean, um, that meant a lot, and it also was a way for me to connect to her because um, with everything going on, I was so focused on other things that she she took with the comfort that she needed from me. So yeah. Yeah, you both needed it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yes. It was not always easy because you know when when the toddler reverts back to a newborn feeding schedule. There was just not a lot of time to go see the newborn, <laughs> right. but it so, worked out. We made it work. It, you made it work, right? Yeah, that's good. Tell us how you were supplying the expressed milk. Um, the hospital in Okinawa um, gave us free breast milk storage bags, and I just put it in there and didn't even put it in the freezer. It was only a five-minute walk, so I walked it straight down there. I pumped once in the evening and walked it down there. Okay. So that was a was little ritual. And um, the rest the toddler took care of. So there was no issues with oversupply and mis- status and everything. I did not have all these newborn issues again. That was a really easy transition. I mean, she knew what she was doing. And at least, um, yeah, all the first issues that I had with engorgement, that didn't happen this time. It was very convenient having a toddler helping out. <laughs> that, that's nice, and you
1: were able to supply the milk for your for your other baby too, Lucia. Yeah, yeah, that
2: was that was special. Yeah, she did not need very much still. I mean, even when she was about a month old, I think at the end they even stopped the um, the breast milk because she couldn't handle it. So she wasn't full IV uh, nutrition at that point, point. and uh, we just kept going and we nursed. I think another eighteen month. Yeah. Can Can you tell us? I know that you
1: had to make a really difficult decision. Can you tell us how you, how you had to face that and what that was like?
2: Well, uh, one day, um, it was she was probably about three weeks old. We got a call that Lucia has uh, had aspirated breast milk. Um, she was fully ventilated at that time, and um, we were stuck in a traffic jam. We could not move. <laughs> there was no way we could. Go faster to the hospital, um, but that amazing pediatrician she recovered her, and um, so then you know they talked about that's what we want to do, and um, we decided that if she was not able to um, breathe on her own, and if she was not able to f- to use any um, f- food through the feeding tube, that we would let her go. So. That's what happened. They tried. They tried to um, change the um, the breathing tube because she needed a bigger size. And that time, they also tried to see if she would breathe breathe um, on her own, but she didn't.
1: Yeah, you know that's a long journey
2: for for you to have to face if you
1: decided to keep her sustained with with the medical interventions, right? And and you were trying to think of your older child as well, and and your relationship with your husband, and and the life of your your new baby. I mean, that was a big decision.
2: Yeah, um, I mean the doctors were supportive. Of what they they were supportive of any decision we would have made. If we would have said no, we want her. We want to keep her on life support. There were there were options. We could have had you know her impa- permanently on a on a ventilator and permanently on um IV nat- nutrition, but there is a limit to what the body can handle with iv nutrition they told us that the life expectancy would probably have been um 2 years and we could already see that she was um having contractions from the cerebral palsy that she had sustained f- due to the um oxygen um deprivation deprivation yes mm-hmm. so um yeah it was either you know having to go because we we did not think that the aspiration of breast milk was going to be an isolated incident. She would always be aspirating something. Even if it was not directly from the stomach, if the tube was placed through her abdomen, there was always going to be something. And 24-7 care in a family, even if we had the support of a nurse, you know, as a parent, you always run. You hear an alarm going off and you run. Mm-hmm. So, um, we just decided that um, Florentina already lost her sister. And that's so she deserved to you know have have some sort of a normal life
1: and so you were able to continue your breastfeeding relationship for your toddler yes correct yes yeah. and how
2: much longer were you able to continue breastfeeding um we breastfed for probably another at least 18 months um i i don't know exactly when she stopped i know that um i figured once she started sure start which is similar to head start um that it may be difficult if she would be still be asking for milk today i would probably think you know what's the big deal <laughs> <laughs> but at that point um my mom always kept asking don't you think she's too old or you know my husband asked don't you think it's time to stop at some point but it just helped both of us so slowly we you know we stopped one session after the other i would not nurse her nurse her to, for nap time and then not for bedtime and um, any change probably took about three days to implement, and then she let it go fairly easily. Mm-hmm. And uh, we found other ways for comfort, and yeah, you know, she did well. So, she was how old exactly when she stopped breastfeeding? Um, at least three and a half it could have been closer to four. I'm <laughs>
1: not quite sure. And that, that in itself is a success story right there. Cause there's a lot of moms out there that wonder or should, you know, they don't even think about like, can they breastfeed past, you know, a year. And I think it's wonderful that you were able to continue that breastfeeding relationship with your older baby.
2: Yeah. She was a C-section. And since I did not, you know, manage, that's why I thought I did not manage to have a normal birth the way I thought it was going to go. I'm going to, do this breastfeeding thing and <laughs> that's what we did. Just didn't stop and we're both stopping to this day. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Thank you so much,
1: Miriam, for sharing this incredible story with us. We are so honored to have you on our show today and your willingness to be open with us. And for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show as Mariam will share with us how she has influenced other moms because of this. For more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com.
3: Step into the world of power, loyalty. purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
4: Hey there, Boob Group. My name is Denise Altman, and I'm a private practice IBCLC, otherwise known as a registered lactation consultant. Private practice means that I have my own business, and I specialize in prenatal education and breastfeeding support. This session is about prenatal prep to breastfeeding, something I definitely have an opinion about. In addition, this session is for grandma and daddy and other support persons helping the breastfeeding mama. Daddies in particular can really make or break a breastfeeding experience. Oftentimes, that important partner is mom's greatest advocate. When the the partner is the daddy and the dad is attending the class, most men think differently than women think. Daddies are great for remembering diaper counts, times, and durations of feedings, that sort of thing. And we'll start taking notes about that, mental notes about that, those facts and topics during the class itself. When mom is in that emotional tailspin of being a new mother all wrapped up in that baby and that feeding experience, oftentimes it's dad who's the one that can kind of pull out those facts from his memory and use that male analytical thinking to help be supportive and help her figure her way through any difficulties or challenges. Grandmas are a great resource in the breastfeeding classes especially. Many grandmas, in my experience, are very interested in breastfeeding. They've heard enough through the media to know that this is how things are being done in this day and age. But often, grandma herself did not breastfeed or didn't have a positive breastfeeding experience. If grandma's educated prenatally, it's far more likely that she will be a help and advocate for mama. I love it when I see grandmas coming to feeding consultations or sitting in class because often they have lots of good common sense suggestions about baby care that just help mama as well. I hope that the information in this session can get you started on exploring your options. For additional tips on choosing a breastfeeding class, please visit my website at FeedYourBaby.com and keep listening to The Boot
2: Group.
1: That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, newbies for newly postpartum moms throughout the first year, parent savers for moms and dads with infants and toddlers, and twin talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider.
0: New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. That's chumbacasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.